Welcome to the Sports Report Podcast with Ben, Ricky, and Jalen. We cover trending and popular topics surrounding the world of professional and on-campus sports. With each of us having a unique sports background, we give different perspectives and insight on the current climate of sports news. And now, here are your hosts. Welcome back to the Sports Report Pod. Class is in session. I'm Ben, here with Jalen and Ricky. And today we're going to break down the NBA trade deadline. And also, at the end of the episode, we'll break down the Super Bowl matchup. And I'm going to start with Jalen. What was your overall takeaways from the trade deadline? No moves for a big star. Lots and lots and lots and lots of role player trades. Um, I know a lot of people on Twitter and, and casual NBA fans are definitely looking for a big splash that didn't happen but I just think that's because of the market um, and how many stars were on the block there wasn't that many I feel like compared to years past Um, but teams like the Knicks and the Mavs that we'll get into later um, we feel definitely had the best trade deadline with uh, teams going out and getting different role players Um, but the Knicks bolstered their depth even more they're looking like one of the deepest teams in the NBA uh, and the Mavs got their four that they wanted, uh, a starting caliber power forward, uh, alongside Luca and Kyrie and Derek Lively, um, and a lot of other different moves. Um, and I'd love to get you guys' thoughts. Yeah, I like I like some of the moves. Um, the best move I liked was the Mavs getting PJ Washington. Um, they're getting probably the same defender or the same caliber defender as they had in Grant Williams, plus an extra scoring bonus I think PJ Washington the past couple of years he hasn't been great offensively but I think he could he's a better he could get better shots selection than Grant Williams for sure um and I guess you're getting a younger piece I know I seen his contract earlier today and PJ Washington is actually getting a couple more million than um Grant Williams the next couple of years I, I at first when I seen the trade I thought it was a, a sort of like a contract deal but it looks like PJ's uh, contract is higher, but I think the Mavs definitely improved for sure. Um, I wasn't too surprised that a superstar wasn't traded. We've seen DeJounte Murray getting thrown around like every team in the league was <laughs> looking at him. But other than that, I didn't really see a whole bunch of other superstars this year uh, that were looking to get traded or that really requested a trade. So overall, I think it was good. Um, not too big of moves, but, you know, just the right amount of moves yeah it's kind of being called the role player deadline so there's a lot of role players and we kind of already saw the big trades happen earlier in the season obviously James Harden was moved at the very very start of the season like five games in and then OG Ananobi and Pascal Siakam were already traded so the big moves we would have seen at the deadline happened earlier Mm -hmm. in the season Um, so to go back to the Mavs they get PJ Washington and they also get Daniel Gafford from the Wizards for Rashawn Holmes and draft compensation. So, uh, Jalen, we'll toss it to you. How did you feel about Dallas's moves overall? Yeah, I know Dallas was in the market for a size um, going into the deadline, and I think they did really well. They, they didn't give up much um, for, for either of the players. Overall, I think the, de- the depth is a lot better. Um, they gave up Grant Williams, like Ricky mentioned, with Seth Curry in a 2027 first-round pick. Seth Curry wasn't really seeing significant minutes. Um, and like you said, with the contract, it, it's a pretty good fit. Uh, P.J. Washington, for those out there who don't know, is getting paid uh, $46 million for the next three years. Um, so annual salary, $15 million. 
which definitely I would agree, Ricky. I, I think I, I looked at that too, and I was like, well, that's kind of a lot of money for a guy like PJ Washington. Um, but the Mavs can pay it, and um, and Gafford is a nice addition to uh, a backcourt, or excuse me, front court that already uh, included Derek Lively, who's been had a really good rookie campaign. Um, I think we touched on it a couple episodes ago for rookies that we we're looking out for, and he was one of them, and he's panned out. Um, so he, he can be inserted into the starting lineup. He can be a nice backup center, uh, provide rim protection and rebounding for that team. Um, a lot of pick and rolls for guys like Luca and Kyrie to run to in, in lots of different uh, rotational matchups. Um, overall, the I, I do like the Knicks trade for for. Bogdanovich a little bit more than the Mavs moves. I just think the Knicks are getting guys that exactly what they need. They need a little bit more shooting. They're gonna go get a guy who's gonna who's gonna shoot the 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 shit out of the ball. Um, but uh, overall, two good trades, and I think the Knicks came out as winners. Yeah. Yeah. To uh, go back to Dallas, they now have two really good defenders, PJ Washington and Daniel Gafford. And that makes up a little bit for Kyrie and Luka being a bad defensive backcourt. Um, and then going to the Knicks, uh, they already traded for OG Ananobi and Precious Achua earlier this season. And now they acquire Bojan Bogdanovic and Alec Burks for Quentin Grimes, Evan Fournier, Malachi Flynn, and two second-round picks. So they still have six second round or six first-round picks over the next two years. And they didn't move any in their two trades. So they have the deepest team in the Eastern Conference, in my opinion. They can run an 11-man rotation once Mitchell Robinson is healthy. So going into the playoffs in the East, they're going to be a dangerous team. Yeah, no, they're definitely a, a very solid team, especially with the moves they've been making recently. I, I do want to see them in the playoffs, though, because I know <laughs> uh, the uh, – New York coach Thibodeau. Yeah, he he doesn't play. He doesn't play his his backup. So that's true. Maybe it's got to change. Yeah, I'm pretty sure in the rotation in the playoffs though they're gonna because uh, they have players that can play off the bench. Like I don't know if Devin is Devin Chinzo starting right now. Yes, because of their injuries, so he will probably come off the bench. Yes, once he's, they're healthy, he's starting. And right Josh now. Hart will also probably come off the bench when they're healthy. Yeah, both those guys they're playing big minutes right now because of injuries and they're playing terrific so once they once they get the people uh that are uh, injured come coming back then yeah they're they're gonna be really solid they're gonna be really solid now let's move into the toronto raptors who had a weird trade deadline um obviously earlier this year they made two big trades that i think we all liked with og Ananobi being traded for barrett and quickly two young players and then Pascal Siakam being traded to Indiana, uh, centered around Bruce Brown and draft picks. Um, they did keep Bruce Brown at the deadline, too, so that's probably a player they'll move in the offseason. Um, but, yeah, so they made some questionable moves. They acquired Kelly Olinick and Oche Egbaji from the Jazz for Kira Lewis Jr., Otto Porter, and a 2024 first-round pick. Now, I think this move for Toronto is mostly for Igbaji because he's a young player. I don't see much use of Kelly. Like, I think they'll play him, but he's a veteran. They're a young team. I don't I don't know. So, mm-hmm. toss it to Jalen. What did you think about that trade? Like you said, Igbaji's a nice little young player, young piece for them. And it was weird when you 
take into account that they shipped off Dennis Schroeder and Thaddeus Young uh, for Spencer Dinwiddie. And then waived and, Spencer Dinwiddie. And then got rid of Spencer Dinwiddie and went out and made this trade that if you just see these two teams, the what the Raptors are getting, what the Jazz are getting, and you close your eyes and, and didn't know the teams that were making this trade, you would think it was a contender trading for Kelly Olenek because um, they gave up a first-round pick. They gave up a first-round pick uh, alongside uh, Lewis Jr. and Otto Porter Jr. Um, yeah, like you said, I think Olenek will get minutes, but it'll be for a team that kind of probably isn't going to make any noise for the rest of the season. Um, and, yeah, it was weird that the Raptors gave up just – even though it, it's it's for for this year, a 2024 pick um, – it was odd that they give up any draft capital for a guy like that. So, Ricky, what do you think? Somewhat confused. Yeah, I'm looking at Kelly Olynyk's contract right now, and it's, uh, this is his last year on his contract. So maybe that's part of the reason why they traded for him, just because it was the last year. Cap flexibility. And, yeah, I think overall these trades are pretty much just rebuilding, uh, rebuilding trades. But I don't understand why they gave up the first pick or for I guess you said it was this year and I don't think the draft classes they might not think it's the draft a, classes. it's definitely a weak draft class yeah. that's why no teams were really asking for first round picks right. for the most part and that created I feel like such a weird kind of pull this year at the deadline where it's like teams want to go out and get guys obviously every year but first round picks are worth just a little bit less so it was a weird influx of what had value and what didn't and I think we saw that with so many second-round picks getting traded and pretty much, I mean, I feel like there's a second-round pick involved in, like, every other trade. Well, even with the second-round picks, most of them that I saw were, like, 2027 or 2030, so right. not even or like draft top, like, top 55 protected, yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, so it's a weird, weird trade deadline for yeah. sure. Um, but, yeah, Toronto is now going to waive Dinwiddie, so uh, we'll talk about him more later with the buyout market. But the Raptors... It, it was just they're buying and selling at the same time. I think ultimately with Dinwiddie and Olinick, they wanted cap space for the off season. So I guess it. I just don't get the first round pick traded. Agbaji is a nice young player. I don't think he would be worth the first round pick mm-hmm. in a trade. But I love when teams pick a direction. Yeah, I think OKC is obviously one of the biggest um, examples of that. Their whole what Sam Presti did over the past five six years. They picked a direction and they said, okay, we're going to use these years to do this and we want to contend in this time frame, and they did it. Um, when teams are kind of in between that, uh, a lot of questionable moves get made and that's when you start paying for little moves. Um, so we'll see how that uh, pans out for the Raptors. Yeah, don't be surprised if the Raptors get a, a free agent this year because they'll have money for it. They're definitely going to have money in – I, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if a big star goes to Toronto. And we've seen Kawhi go there, and he had a blast down there, even though he wanted to go back to the Clippers. Yeah, went but, there for a year, won a ring, and went to LA. Yeah, somebody somebody could get a bag off off Toronto if next year for sure. They got the money for it. Yeah, now moving on to the Philadelphia 76ers, another team who had a very weird trade deadline. First off, it looked like, okay, even though Joel Embiid's hurt, we don't know when we're going to get him back, we're going to buy they go out and trade for Buddy Heald from the Pacers. They get uh, trade away Marcus Morris, Furkan Korkmaz, who was waived by the Pacers, um, a 2024 second-round pick, a 2029 second-round pick um, via Portland, and then a 2029 second-round pick via the Clippers. So they're buying with that trade. They're getting a score and a shooter who will fit well 
uh, while Embiid's out and when Embiid's back in. But then they trade away Patrick Beverly to the Milwaukee Bucks, and then they trade away Jaden Springer to the Boston Celtics. So it seemed like they were buying and selling. Again, Jalen, to your point, a team that's not really picking a direction. So yeah. if you want to go more into that. Yeah, getting rid of Pat Bev, um, if you just look at now their roster before and after, right? Lose Pat Bev, now they got Buddy Heald. Much better shooter, much better scorer. But Pat Bev was serving a particular role for them that was, I feel like, very vital in their winning season. Um, on the Bucks end, receiving Patrick Beverly, that's perfect for them, I think. Getting another guy who's very gritty, who's very focused on winning at this point in his career, um, to an organization that just got a head coach um, in that whole debacle that we went over last episode. Um, but yeah, just another... It almost seems like sometimes teams are making moves to make moves when it's like you can just do what you need to do and have it be it because of circumstance. If if that's all that the other teams are giving you is this Buddy Heald trade, right? We can just walk away from that saying, okay, look, this was everything that we could control, we controlled. We got our guy. Obviously, with Joel Embiid being hurt is something we cannot control, but we, we got better. Um, and then that one extra move, because I think the Buddy Heald move was uh, first, very early yes. uh, in the day. And Pat Bev was right at the end. Um, and Pat Bev announced his own trade, by the way, with <laughs> his uh, Pat Bev pod Twitter account. Yes. Him and Roan on yeah. there. <laughs> um, but excited for Pat Bev uh, on another contending team. And uh, the Sixers are going to have a lot of things to prove. Yeah, trading Pat Bev uh, to the Ops is crazy. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. You're trading. You're trading like definitely. Pat Bev is gonna be great for um, the uh, the Bucks for sure. I mean, just the the veteran presence alone, and they need defense. They don't need no more offensive players. They can score as many points as they want. Um, but yeah, I don't. I don't. Just like you said, I don't really know why they they could have just left it alone with the Buddy Hill trade. I don't think. That, they're just really just trading the trade, and it's not like they know? got much back. I mean, campaign is, in my opinion, a, a, a downgrade. Even though he sh- takes much many more shots and, and yeah, scores a little agree. bit more, but that's not what they need. Yeah, so yeah, I definitely agree. It was a downgrade, um, and we'll see if they could keep the five seed while Embiid's out for at least a few weeks. Definitely could be a lot longer as he recovers from the torn meniscus. And now we'll move into the teams that didn't really make any moves or maybe made one that was very minor. So we'll start with the Lakers. Lakers made no moves at all. Um, I stayed up all night waiting to see if they were going to make any moves. Uh, They didn't. And (laughs) apparently uh, Rob Palenka believes that they can – they're going to have three first-round picks to trade. We talked about this a little bit last episode in the offseason. So they wanted to keep that to go after a star. So they believe they could get Donovan Mitchell. I do not believe they could get Donovan Mitchell. Um, Trey Young's another option, but I don't see either one happening. Um, and I get you don't want to trade your first-round pick. That's fine. All these teams are trading second-round picks. They couldn't do that to go get a role player. It was just questionable to me. Um now they are going to attack the buyout market. They're already linked to Spencer Dinwiddie um, and Marcus Morris. So those are two players who could be very impactful. But it's not a guarantee you're going to get them. A trade, you're 
like for sure okay this guy's going to be on our team he's going to be a nice bench player for us so I'll toss it over to Ricky first what do you think about the Lakers doing nothing I don't know Ben I feel like you said it all I think this is going to be another playing playing year for you guys I mean the only the only team I see uh going down is the Pelicans uh but other than that I mean I, I've been looking at the Mavs play recently and they I just and they upgraded yeah Kyrie and Luka is just in, insane with Luka, defenders now too yeah, Luka, Luka gets whatever he wants whenever he wants definitely I definitely feel like they're gonna move up the Kings I think they're gonna stay or move up a little bit but the Pelicans is the only team I see dropping so yeah, I don't know. It's, it's the West. They're hooping right now. They're, so they're hooping. I, I don't. It looks like it's going to be another tough year for them. But if they once they make the playoffs, uh, the Lakers, uh, they, they'll be fine. I think they could compete with anybody in the playoffs, especially. So. Yeah, the, uh, like we mentioned, I believe last week or maybe the week before that, a similar outlook for the Lakers in terms of where they're going to finish in the standings uh, as last year, which I think is completely fine. Um, at this point in the season with uh, LeBron and AD trying to compete and stay afloat while also, you know, just needing to get to the playoffs is fine for them. Um, And the lack of moves definitely shows, I think, the players that, hey, we're not going to go out and get another guy and we are just going to stick to this squad. Even though I know LeBron and a couple other players were vocal about wanting to upgrade um, in the locker room, and like you mentioned with Spencer Dinwiddie, I think that pickup would be really good for them, getting another guard. But overall, I want to talk more about my Kings, who didn't do anything at the deadline. And they I was, did a trade for Robin Lopez. We did do and something. they're waving yes. him. <laughs> we got Robin Lopez for a couple hours. Yes. Um, Not even that. Yeah, I, I think, think I, yeah, that trade was um, pretty much just cash, uh, which is, I mean, pretty much like you didn't make a trade. Um but they're 29 and 21 sitting at the 7 seed so they would host the playing game right now uh that's the kings and they've been playing so inconsistent lately goodness gracious just last night they lost to the pistons at home they can't guard anything right now i would have loved to see them get a defensive upgrade somewhere um especially in the interior sabonis does so much of the load down low he rebounds they they count on him to defend the perimeter and in the paint it would be nice to get another guy who could rebound really well. I feel like Fox has taken steps up rebounding every single year, and he's a point guard. Um, so having a little bit more defined roles, because uh, Mike Brown tries to run that like Warriors-esque offense with a lot of movement and a lot of small ball, which is perfect on the offensive side, but when we can't guard anything on the other end, it's super frustrating. It's tough to win games. Um, Ricky, with your prediction of, of them kind of staying, I fear that they're going to drop. I really do. I think Fox was having such an unbelievable run at the beginning of the year. It's kind of tailed off a little bit now. And their ways to win, it just gets less and less, I feel like. So I would have loved to see them go get um, a Tier 2 guy who can uh, defend the wing and shoot the ball a little bit for someone like Herter or or Davion Mitchell. And Herter's just so inconsistent. Um, But a little bit of the same position as the Lakers. So Ben, me, and you kind of in the same boat after the trade deadline this year. Yeah, I think... For the Lakers, I'm good with them keeping the core of their roster together. I wasn't really vocal about them making the DeJounte Murray trade once D'Lo started to play better. Um, So I think that was fine. I think they still should have made a little trade for a role player, but 
I do think once you have LeBron and AD in the playoffs with a pretty good roster overall, you could still make some noise. Um, and the West is wide open. It's very competitive, but a team like the Timberwolves that doesn't have a ton of playoff experience on their roster, I think LeBron and AD and the Lakers could possibly take them down. But teams like the Clippers and the Nuggets, I, I don't know if we have enough to compete with them. Especially in a seven-game series. Exactly, yeah. It's okay, Ben. Gabe Vincent will be back soon. He will be, and Vando. That's what they were hoping. I saw a report. They're hoping they will return and be impactful role players for the playoff push. So Gabe Vincent on the way. Always comes down to who's healthy at uh, come playoff time. Eighty-two game season. You just gotta survive. Yeah. So we'll pivot to a couple other teams that didn't make a move that were expected to. So the Golden State Warriors are obviously a big one. Um, Stephen Curry is playing really well. The rest of their roster, not so much. Uh, Ricky, were you surprised that the Warriors didn't do anything besides trading away Corey Joseph to save some cash? Honestly, I'm not too surprised. I wouldn't like they're they're the Warriors are in a tough position right now. I don't think they can trade their core guys like Clay, Draymond, even though they're not playing the best right now. I feel like if they decide to trade those players then they'll get backlash of the Jordan Poole trade that they did before the season or previously um they're they're just playing bad right now I mean I think defensively they're not playing playing that good Curry's just he's still being Curry but it's a team game Uh, I I do think they're gonna make the play in though I, I don't see the Jazz I see the Jazz dropping for sure I I do feel like after the uh uh, all-star game they will start you know winning more games and figuring out they're, they've they been together for so long I feel like they have to figure it out and if they do make the playoffs if they do make the play-in then it's they're also going to be the same boat I feel like the Lakers they're they're going to be able to compete and beat anyone that's also in the playoffs do you think they can move up into the play-in definitely yeah they're only two games three games back from the Jazz I mean it's still it's it's still early to to figure it out. I definitely think they'll they'll make it. The Jazz is the tenth, so I mean the Jazz are cool, but they're not. Uh, yeah, I I can't t- uh, put my money uh, against Curry and the Warriors and what what they do every year. So this is the first year I think we've seen a really huge drop off from the production of of the Splash Bros and Jim Green and and guys like that who have been part of their core for a while. Steph is unbelievable. He's cementing his first ballot Hall of Fame career with just another career year, scoring at will. I feel like his shooting just gets better. As he's getting more physical, he's, his style of play is becoming more and more effective. And he's taking on a bigger load now, now that he's the only guy scoring for that team. Um, but like you said, Clay's super inconsistent. Draymond, kind of a shell of both offensive and defensive production. Their pieces aren't very good. Uh, especially when compared to the past. My hot take is that they, I don't think they're going to make the play-in. I think right now it's so even, and there's so many teams that are hungry. I think if the Jazz aren't the team to do it, I'm looking down here, I see the Rockets as well. I can't really see them making it either. So maybe they will. There's 10 spots, so so many teams make it. Um but they look different, and it just feels different. Last year, it was always doubt. Everyone loved to bring up all oh, the Warriors are gonna, you know, drop off this year. And a Western Conference Finals isn't exactly a drop off, but 
you know, to the standard that we hold them to, it was definitely like we see out, we saw that they were human. Um, but this regular season, it seems like if Curry is struggling, they don't have ways to win a game, and it's gonna be tough for them uh, with everything going on in the behind the scenes with with Steve Kerr. People are starting to question him more and more now. Um, Steph is constantly getting asked by the media if if he's happy in in Golden State. Uh, so no moves at the deadline. I I think like you said they're gonna they're in a tough spot. They weren't exactly in a spot to make a move. They were so far uh, over the cap. They have so many contracts that teams are simply not going to take on that they didn't have much assets to pull value from. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what's gonna happen with them. Yeah, I think if the Warriors are going to make a run, they need improved play from Clay, Draymond, Wiggins, and Chris Paul when he comes back from his injury. Um, we'll go over everybody. T- yeah, yeah everybody basically everyone but Curry. Specifically um, though, Clay and um, the last person you said I forgot <laughs> the last person yeah, you CP. said not not Chris Paul Wiggins oh, uh, Wiggins yeah, yeah Wiggins yeah yeah Clay's shooting woes have been he tough looks to like watch. he's in his head now yeah yeah. Um, we'll go over two more teams that didn't make any moves. Um, so the Chicago Bulls were a big one. They were expected to be one of the big sellers at the deadline. Uh, obviously, pieces like Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, Andre Drummond were expected to be available. Alex Crusoe also had a lot of interest from teams. And they do nothing at all. The front office believes they can win with this roster. Um, we'll start with Jalen. What do you think about the Bulls' approach at the trade deadline. Yeah, that front office claim is definitely just for damage control. There's no possible way they could be looking in that roster saying, even if we make the 9 of the 10 seed, we're going to win a playoff series? No way. Um, with Levine being out, it definitely hurts them because he was a guy that I feel they were shopping around for a while, and I got the sense that teams were high on a guard uh market for going into this deadline so they I think they definitely could have gotten a deal done for him if he didn't get hurt um but DeRozan uh, is tough to put on the block at this point in his career they're just not that good of a team and it yeah that's all I got I I, I don't think they're very good I don't think I think they should have made a, a a trade um and this at least they're picking a direction it might not be the best one but they picked one they they picked we're gonna go win so We'll see. Yeah, I'm. I feel like all the teams that are like eight, nine, and ten, especially in the East, and I mean, and in the West, we're kind of seeing like a a thing. They're they're all like in difficult positions. It's like they want to sell to get players, but they know they're not good enough. So we're like trying to get assets. Like they're trying to. It's like in between, you know. Um, the Bulls specifically, like, yeah, I, I don't know who they would really trade or who would really want any of the players besides like a Zach Levine or Demar Derozan. You could say they could have tried to trade um, Drummond, but he was on his last year, right? Yeah, so teams would have probably given a similar offer to Xavier Tillman, which was two second-round picks and a filler. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's the Better than losing (laughs) for nothing in free agency. I don't know. Maybe maybe they're just like – they might have got – they probably did get offered from stuff from Andre Drummond, but – it might have not been they working. They did. Too. They stopped taking calls. Yeah, they're probably just same like, with the DeRozan. Yeah, they're probably just thinking. I mean, they're the ninth seed. They'll probably, I think they'll be in the play-in, and just ride it out for this year and just see what happens. But 
there wasn't no significant thing that they could have did to like get better or to really just sell out and get a whole bunch of picks. So. I think the introduction of the play in having the nine and ten seeds be making the playoffs is leading a lot of teams not to sell who should sell. If you're in the ten spot or the nine spot at this point in the season, if the season were ending right now, you'd be in a playoff spot, right? Obviously, if you're in that spot, you want to go contend because that's your that's the point of you being a franchise. But being in that spot also doesn't mean you're a good team. And in the Bulls situation, I can maybe speculate that if the front office went and sold, it'd be like, oh, but we're in a playoff spot, so we're just going to give up. We're just going to give up our playoff spot at this point in the season and show our fans that we're giving up. When that's not necessarily the whole story, you know, if you're following this team and you're and you're watching it happen. Um, so I just thought that was an interesting development. I feel like in the NBA the past couple of years, the 9 and the 10 seeds, even the 11 seeds, not being very good, but still having a chance to make the playoffs, which deters them from selling. Um, so we'll see as as the years go by what, what teams in that spot, you know, how they trend and what they do. Yeah, we talked about that a little bit off air. It seems like now there's maybe 22 to 24 teams that feel like they can make the play in. So they're not really selling at the deadline like we've seen in the past. So it seems like in the off season more we'll see big moves and trade deadline might be more smaller like this now. It's exactly. just role players. And that makes sense, right? Because if you're a 15 bottom feeder and you're selling and you're the team that is selling, you're obviously not very good. So you don't have that many good players to sell off. The teams that previously in any sport that has a star, but they're going to miss out of the, of the playoffs this time of year and they're kind of right on the cusp. They still probably, you know, have really good players to go sell. But now instead of those teams that have really good players that want to sell being sellers, they still are going to make the playoffs, which makes it so that people want to keep their players more. And so, yeah, the trade deadline might just become a little bit smaller of a event because of that. Yeah, so we'll go over one more team at the trade deadline. The Atlanta Hawks were also another team that was expected to make a lot of moves. Um, DeJounte Murray obviously was linked to many teams for weeks. Nothing happened. Um, they didn't trade DeAndre Hunter, Sadiq Bey, or Clint Capella, or Bogdan Bogdanovich. So they had a lot of pieces that could have been moved and didn't. So, Ricky, what did you think of the Hawks' approach of standing pat at the deadline? Yeah, I mean, they're pretty much in the same position as the Bulls, the Lakers, the Warriors. Like, they're, it's just, they're in that in-between where, well, recently they've been actually playing pretty good. Not, not pretty good, but DeJounte Murray, the person that they wanted to move, has been playing pretty good. So they can't, it's really hard to trade him and then they see the fans are like, oh, he's playing good. Or like, you know, they've been playing good. And they trade him. And they're like, oh, you know, it's just, that'll be a, a weird a weird thing to do, especially if they're competing for a playing spot. Um, so, yeah, they're pretty much in the same, like, same boat as all the other 9 and 10 seeds. I think they're just, they can't sell nor bring anything to them to get better. Yeah. Um, so we'll now move on. Um, so, before we move on to the Super Bowl preview, uh, the Kobe Bryant statue in front of Crypto.com Arena is being revealed uh, tonight as we're recording this, 2-8-24. Um, 
So just something cool that's happening in the NBA. Kobe finally gets his statue. Yes, sir. But now moving on to the Super Bowl, we have the 49ers and the Chiefs on Sunday. Um, we'll start with Jalen. What do you think about this game? I know the 49ers are favored. Yeah, amazing Super Bowl rematch. The more days go by and the more media I see on, on clips on social media and stuff, the more I get excited. This is a really great matchup of, honestly, probably the two best teams in the league. Um, after we saw what happened when the Chiefs went up against the Ravens, Chiefs proved that, you know, we belong here, guys. Stop riding us off. Mahomes has a chance to cement himself now as the, a top three quarterback, definitely, all time. He's in that conversation right now, but the merit uh, of his argument uh, still isn't quite there just because of his youth. Um, but he's got a chance to really, really start pushing for, you know, these superlatives that we can't deny him now. And Brock Purdy has a chance to go from Mr. Irrelevant to a Super Bowl winner in just his second year. And I feel like people are still going to write him off, which is unacceptable. Brock Purdy slander, unacceptable. He's very good. Um, Matchup-wise, I think it's super interesting because the Chiefs, just like we've been saying all playoff run, their defense, defense, defense. Um, the Niners' defense has been so good for so many years, but kind of got exposed in the past couple games uh, against the Packers and the Lions. So it's just about, I think, it's a bend-don't-break for the Niners, especially in the first half. Chiefs are uh, notoriously good in the first half. I know during the regular season they had a bit of a slip. Um, but in this playoff run, they've been dominating teams in the in the first uh, 30 minutes of the game. Um, I'm just excited. Yeah, the 49ers about to get blown out Sunday. <laughs> I got the 49ers getting blown out. Um, the 49ers been starting slow. The past, like, the, all their playoffs games they played this year, they started slow. Patrick Mahomes isn't is he's not going for that. He's not going. He's not going to let them back in the game. He's not going to toy with them. Yeah. It's if the 49ers start slow, then it's wraps. The whole game they're done. Um, but yeah, I, I have the Chiefs. I really don't have nothing to say. The last like couple weeks, I, this has been. It's been crazy. I, the stuff that the Chiefs have been able to do, and I know Andy Reid is like a big part of it as well. And I don't think a lot of people give him credit for the the stuff he does and just the schemes that he he comes up with. It the way they dominate teams, even the Ravens game. It was it was like a close game pretty much the whole game, but you could tell the dominance in the in the game, yeah. if that makes sense. But yeah, I have the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes definitely top three. I put him damn near top one. <laughs> yeah. Andy Reid never panics either. He's never mm. listening to all the noise about the Chiefs being having a down year. It's just no. We have the formula, guys. We're gonna go show you that this is how to win a football game, and they go out and do it every single time. Yeah, I'm also picking the Chiefs to win. Um, just kind of what you guys both said. Their defense is playing really well, and then Patrick Mahomes will make the special plays when it matters. So. Having an elite defense with a quarterback like that behind you, um, it's a good recipe to win. So I think on Sunday, again, if the 49ers get off to a slow start, then it's going to be a disaster for them. I think they have the better overall talent, but I think just execution-wise, the Chiefs get it done. And obviously having Super Bowl experience before helps a lot. Um, 49ers did go a couple years ago, so a lot of their players do have Super Bowl experience. But Brock Purdy doesn't, Christian McCaffrey doesn't, so players like that might be a little, you know, 
scared at the start of the game and that can lead to nerves and then Purdy might throw an inter- early interception or something like that. You'll see that in uh, big games like this. So Mahomes will be calm. He's been here before. And Andy Reid, obviously one of the best coaches ever, so I think the Chiefs will come out on top. So that will do it for this episode of the Sports Report Pod and Class Dismissed. Thank you for listening to the Sports Report Podcast. Be sure to check out our Instagram at the Sports Report Pod for more content and to never miss an episode. We'll see you next time. Score!